The lion is a person from the tribe of Judah. He is the word of life, and his word is powerful. It is sharper than a two-edged sword. It divides joint and marrow, even pierces the innermost thoughts, motives, desires of mankind. Today, we're going to let the lion loose. I'm not sure if any of us can comprehend today's topic in itself. I don't know if any of us can really comprehend the word light. I've had multiple occasions where somebody after the service or something would come up here and they would stand kind of in this area and they would notice how bright the lights are. And they say, how do you stand those lights? How do you, how do you deal with those lights shining down? And I said, one way, you never look up. <laughs> never. Never look at those lights. Because if I look at those lights and look back at this paper, that paper is just gone. It's <laughs> blinded. Light. Think about it. We naturally assume that light is the opposite of darkness, right? Like day is the opposite of night. It seems logical. It seems reasonable. Here's why. We can go out and we can stand in the dark of night and watch the sun rise and it becomes day. And we know that the reason that happens is the sun is the light of this present world. And when the earth rotates around the sun, we experience the presence and the absence of the sun. The presence is light, the absence is darkness. So why do I say, I'm not sure if any of us can fully comprehend this issue of light. Here's why. Maybe you've never even come to this mystery, and I'm going to reveal the mystery, and I'm going to allow the word of life through the letter of John to actually reveal the mystery. But there's a mystery in Genesis 1. And the mystery surrounds this word called light. In Genesis 1, verse 1, I've heard it said for years, if you can believe the first verse of the Bible, you probably won't struggle with the rest of it. But the contrast is probably true. If you reject the very first verse, it's highly likely that you'll reject pretty much all of it. Genesis 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and empty. And here comes our word. And darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. The Bible says that the earth was formless. That means shapeless, empty, and darkness. I want you to get something. Darkness is present covering the deep waters. And if that, and in that brief description, this appears. The Spirit of God was hovering over the darkness, over the surface of the deep. There is the Spirit of God hovering. We have a formless an empty earth, and darkness is covering the 
deep waters in the beginning. Stay with me. God is there and something happens. God is there and something happens and that is the title of today's message. It is a message of light. Verse 3, and then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. The light was good, and he, then he, listen church, here comes the mystery. Then he separated the light from the darkness. It is my intention today to get into, excuse me, it's not my intention today to get into all the details of the six-day creation event of God. But I want you to notice something. God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God declared the light would be separate. This is important. God declared something. The light would be separate. It would be set apart from the darkness. This is big, and this is why I call it a mystery. Maybe you've read the Bible your whole life, and you never really saw the mystery. So I'm going to show you the mystery, and then I'm going to show you the mystery revealed by the Word of Life. God used the light to make a two-part distinction. God used the light to make a God said, let there be light. And he uses the light to be a two-part distinction, light and dark. Light would separate. Light would divide. You might read the next verse and just think about the light as that which appears in the night and day. But there's something else. Verse 5. God called the light day. And the darkness, he called it night. And evening passed. So I want you to think like this. And the dark, which is evening, passed. And the morning came. The dark passed. And the day came. Marking what day? What day? First day. Do you know the mystery? Some of you are thinking about this point. I thought he was going to preach through 1 John. I'm getting there, so hold on. Is it just this simple? The light that separates the darkness is merely the difference between night and day. It's merely the difference between the sun and the absence of the sun. Is it that simple? No. And that's why I call it a mystery. Do you know why? There's more. The sun and the moon were not created until three days later. So what is separating light and darkness? The sun and the moon are not created until three days later. So what is this that is making light and the light is separating the darkness from light, the day from night? What is it that's separating? Let's go to verse 14. God said, let great lights appear in the sky to separate the day, to separate, to separate the day from the night. Let them mark off the seasons, days, and years. 
Let these lights in the sky shine down on the earth. And that is what happened. God made two great lights, the sun and the moon, the larger one to govern the day, the smaller one to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set those lights in the sky to light the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate, to separate. You know how many words? To separate this light and the darkness. These are the sun and the moon in these verses are going to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. It's the second time he said the light is good. And evening passed and morning came. And what day is it now? Say it out loud. Fourth day. Day one. And day four, both have events that separate light and darkness. Stay with me. Day one and day four, both have events that separate light and darkness. The light in both scenes is called good. It is easy to understand how day four does it. Right? Piece of cake. I can figure out how day four does it. Do you know how day one does it? There's the mystery. Do you see it? That's where we begin today. As we continue this preaching series through 1 John. Last week we talked about the word of life. So I think it would be important to let that be the foundation. Let the lion loose. I believe what I hold in my hand, which is the Bible, is the only physical source of absolute truth on this planet. Physical source, absolute truth. So today, we're going to talk from the Bible about the message of light. Can the Apostle John help us understand the separation of light and darkness and reveal the mystery that goes beyond the physical sun and the physical moon? What was it in day one that separates light and darkness that God called good? What was it? When there's no sun, there's no moon, and yet there is light and darkness. Remember, our starting verse today follows the revelation of Jesus. He is the word of life. So when I read this, understand, he is the word of life, and he's revealing these truths to us. Now, here we go, verse 5. This is the message we heard from Jesus. And now declare to you, God is light. And there is no darkness in him at all. Light and darkness, the revelation of Jesus to the apostles. Did you notice how verse 5 begins? This is the message we heard from Jesus. So how does this get to us today? John heard the message from Jesus. It ends up in the canon of Scripture. And the canon of Scripture has been carried from generation to generation to generation by the church itself. And what is in the canon of Scripture? A revelation. Here's the revelation. God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. Do you really think that verse is talking about the sun and the moon and the earth's rotation? That verse, verse 5, do you think it's talking about the sun? God is the sun, and we're rotating around God who is the sun? We're talking about the word of life, truth, that also happens, are you ready? 
We're talking about the word of truth that just so also happens to be the light itself. The light. God is light, and in him there is no darkness. The light that was there in the beginning. There was a light in Genesis 1 verse 1. There is a light in the beginning. The light that was there in the beginning, before the sun, before the moon, before the stars were formed. This is the light that separates from the darkness. Can you see the mystery? We're only five verses into 1 John, and Jesus is declared to be the word of life and the light of God that separates. He is the person that separates light and darkness. Do you believe him? Jesus told John and the other apostles that God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. Zero. God is not the opposite of darkness. Listen, church. God is the absence of darkness. There's a difference. No darkness. Zero. So let me give you a a biblical truth. Darkness is what happens without God's presence. I need for you to let that sink in. Darkness is what happens in the absence of God's presence. Light is what happens in God's presence. He is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. So when He comes, darkness has to leave. But what happens when He leaves? His absence is darkness. So where does, okay, so in that verse, verse 5, Jesus is declaring to the apostle John that my father, God, is light, and in him there is no darkness. So, okay, so the father is light. What about the son? Where does the son fit in this light discussion? What did Jesus reveal about himself? Not just about the father, but what did Jesus reveal about himself in this topic of light? I want you to bear in mind, as I read these next two scriptures, Jesus, let's identify who he is as he speaks. He is the Son of God and the Son of Man in the same person. So when I say the Son of Man, he is the Son of Mary. But when I say the Son of God, his father is not Joseph. So he, is, he has this description that no other person could possibly have. His father is God, but his mother is human. His mother is a woman. He is the son of God. He is the son of man. So I want to read from the scriptures, the word of life, two descriptions to see how does Jesus describe himself. He has described his father as light, and in him there is no darkness. But what about himself? What about this man on the earth? What about him? Let's start in John 9, verse 4. The gospel of John 9, verse 4. Jesus says, we must quickly carry out the task assigned us by the one who sent us. There is an urgency in this message. We must quickly carry out the task assigned us by the Father. Why? Because the night is coming. He's going to talk about a time when there will be an absence of light. So before the absence of light time, night is coming, 
You must carry out the work of the Father before the night comes. The night is coming, and then, during that period of the absence of light, no one can work. Put that in your mind. I'm going to bring it up later. Woo! Put that in your mind. It's coming later. The night is coming, then no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. You see it? There's a time in which you will not be able to work, and that'll be in the absence of the light. But while I am here in the world, something will be different. While I'm here in the world, I am the light of the world. Now let's jump down to John 8, verse 12. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in the darkness. Let it sink in. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in the darkness because you have the light that leads to life. What did the light in day one of creation do? Before the sun and the moon and the stars, what did the light in day one of creation do? It separated the darkness. What is light doing in these two revelations of Jesus? It is separating the darkness. I am the light of the world, he says. If you follow me, you'll be in the light, but I will separate the light from the darkness depending upon whether or not you follow me or not. In John 9, for example, Jesus declares that he is the light of the world. Is he the sun, the moon, the stars, or is Jesus revealing the mystery of Genesis chapter 1? In John chapter 8, Jesus is revealing that anyone who follows him won't have to walk in the darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. The light was separating in day one of creation, and the light is separating when Jesus brought heaven's light, God's presence to the earth in human form. It was separating in day one. It is separating right now. Light and darkness is being separated by a person. Jesus told his followers that this light leads to life. But you must find this light before the darkness comes. This is really important. Jesus says he's the light of the world, and this light that he defines as himself leads to life. But you must find this light before it gets dark. Because darkness is coming. And he says, when the darkness comes, no man can work. No man can work when the darkness comes. Now, I'm going to tell you at the end what that means. But you must find this light, which leads to life, before the darkness comes. The word of life, last week. The message of light, today. And we're just in five verses of 1 John. Do you know what the true church, and I want to say true church of Jesus Christ is doing on this present earth while we wait for him to come? Why are we here? What's the purpose of the church on the earth in the year 2022? I want you to answer that question with this in your mind. 
We must, carry, we must quickly carry out the task assigned to us while it is still light. For there's a time coming when it is dark, and in that time no one will be able to work. So with that in your mind, read, I'm going to read Matthew 5:14, And he's talking to you, he's talking to you, and he's talking to me. You are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden, no one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to who? Everyone is supposed to be the recipient of this light. Well, where did you get the light? He's the light living inside of you. And when you get the light, you go outside and you shine the light on somebody else. So they get the light in them and they share it with somebody else. In the same way, let your good deeds shine. Let the light shine for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Not praise you, but praise your heavenly Father. Because you don't have any light apart from Him. So here we go. The message of Jesus to the apostles and to the church is light and darkness. They will be separated. Church, listen. There's a time in which light and darkness are going to be divided. There will be a man. The gospel itself, the word itself says there will be a man, one man, one name that will separate light and darkness. He was doing it in Genesis 1 before the sun and the moon. He is doing it right now on this present earth. There is a man that separates light from darkness. And in him there is no darkness, there is only light. And if you follow him, you have the light that leads to life. But if you do not follow him, you remain in the darkness, the absence of God's presence. You're in the dark. That's the gospel. The light of God's, the light is God's presence, and the darkness is God's absence. And one man will be the force that separates the two. And the church's job, listen, to tell the world about the light and the darkness. It's the gospel. How? How does Jesus separate the light from the darkness, the presence from the absence? It's the next verse in 1 John. Let's go to verse 5. I'm going to read 5 and 6. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness in Him. And so we are lying. If we say we have fellowship with God, we have fellowship with light, we're lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but we go on living in spiritual darkness. We're not practicing the truth. You're living a lie. Fellowship with God, I want you to visualize this. Fellowship with God is fellowship with light. He is light. There is no darkness in God. So fellowship with God is fellowship with light. The absence of darkness. And what is the word fellowship? It's one of those churchy words. Fellowship is oneness. We have oneness with the light. How can you have oneness with the light while you are trying to have oneness with the darkness at the same time? They cannot coexist. We cannot live in both darkness and light because God is not darkness. Darkness is His absence. 
Fellowship with God is fellowship with light because there is no darkness in God at all. There's another blessing of God revealed in verse 7. When we have fellowship with the light, when we have fellowship with God, oneness with God, we also have fellowship with each other because we all have the same light holding all of us together. It's called the church. Verse 7. But if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship, oneness with each other, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. The blood of Jesus. Our life, our light, the blood of Jesus. Are you seeing the mystery unfold yet? The light. And this darkness we're talking about is not the sun, it's not the moon, and it's not the stars. This light is about the blood of Jesus, the Son of God that washes away our sins and gives us peace with God, peace with the light that separates us from the darkness of His absence. I want to say it again, peace with the light, He is light, that separates from the darkness of His absence. Peace with the light means we are separated from the darkness by the presence of the light. You can only be separated from the darkness by the presence of His light. There's no other way to be separated from the darkness except by the presence of His light. So here comes the next logical question. Some of you are already thinking it. So what happens when we fall? Okay. Okay, preacher, you got my attention. So what happens when we fall? When we depart from the light and we sin against God, what happens? You're thrown out into the darkness. That's it. You messed up once, you're gone. What do we do? Here's the real question. What do we do with sin after we've come to faith through the word of life and the message of light? What do we do with sin? What do we do with sin after we've received the message of light and we believe it to be true? What does the church do with sin after we have encountered this great light and come to the knowledge of truth? Well, it's rather convenient that that's the next verse in 1 John. Pretty convenient, isn't it? Let's read verse 8. If we claim we have no sin, if we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and we're not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we're calling God a liar, showing that His Word has no place in our hearts. And before I go to the next part, I want you to understand that. And showing you're calling God a liar. If you say that you don't have any sin, you're calling God a liar. And in that moment, His Word has no place in your heart. That's darkness. That is the darkness. His Word has no place in your heart. So when I was growing up, I can hear my earthly father saying something to me on numerous occasions. Here's what it would sound like. If you'll just tell me the truth, you won't be in trouble. Your father did that too? 
He would say, if you would, okay, well, there'd be something that happened, and he would look me in the eye and he'd say, okay, you just tell me the truth and you won't be in trouble. Now, in that moment, I have a dilemma. Is he telling the truth? <laughs> because it's a pretty good deal if he's telling the truth. But I'm not real sure that, that that's true. So there's something inside of me with my earthly father that makes me think, I don't know. I don't know. I need to think about this for a while. <laughs> if, if you just tell the truth, you won't be in trouble. Now, I want you to take that to our Heavenly Father. If you confess your sins, He is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from unrighteousness. You know how that translates? If you just tell the truth, you won't be in trouble. But what is it about us that even in that moment when there's a way out, there's an escape? What is it in that moment that even when the door of escape and the judgment and the wrath and the punishment and whatever was going to come has now been stayed, what is it in that moment that you're still reluctant to tell the truth and own up and accept responsibility? It was just about a week or so ago I was watching my son Chad, who leads the worship here. Chad and he was, had his two sons in front of him. And I, I stood back and he said to his sons, my grandsons, he says, if you'll just tell the truth, you won't be in trouble. And I'm thinking, they're still doing that. <laughs> what is it in that moment that keeps us from telling the truth? If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from unrighteousness. So why wouldn't you just confess your sins? Confession of our sins is to come into the light. And there is something about the darkness that is compelling. Confession of our sins is to come into the light. Now, I want you to visualize it like this. In that moment when my dad looks at me and says to me, if you'll just tell the truth, you won't be in trouble, I, I can turn and face him and face the truth and acknowledge what I did. Or I can turn my back upon him. If I face him, I face the light called truth. If I turn my back on him, I am disavowing the truth and accepting to live in the lie, which is I won't tell him what he probably already knows. Denial of our sins before God is to remain in the darkness. Is anybody listening to me? What in the world is it that is in us that makes us in the moment? If you'll just tell the truth, you won't be in trouble. What in the world makes us in that moment not want to own up to our sin? What is it? It's darkness. It's darkness. There's a darkness inside of us that doesn't want to come into the light. Jesus is the force that separates the light and the darkness. But I, that's the good news. You know what the bad news is? The bad news is he gives you a window of opportunity to do so. When my dad would come to me and said, just tell the truth, you won't be in trouble, there was a window of time, an expiration date to where that clause expired. 
It's not forever that I can do that. There's a window of time in which I must own up, accept responsibility for that which I did, tell the truth, turn around, face the light, face him. Or it might expire. And the judgment, the justice would be mine. Jesus is the force that separates the light from the darkness, but there is a window of opportunity. And here's the most crazy thing of all. You know what the crazy thing of all is? When you confess your sins to your heavenly Father, it's not like He doesn't already know what you did. Huh? It's, you know, when I, when I admitted to my earthly Father that I'm the one that done it, it wasn't my brothers, it was me. When I did that, you know, my father, maybe he didn't know for sure it was me. He's fishing to see which one of us is really going to own up to it. But with the heavenly father, can you imagine your heavenly father when you confess your sins to him, turning and looking at Michael the archangel and saying, wow, didn't see that coming. He already knows. He already knows. So why do we do it? If he already knows, why do we confess? Who are we really admitting it to when you confess your sins to God? Who are we really admitting it to? Me. That's why you don't want to do it. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So what makes me reluctant to do so? Because I don't want to admit that I am in darkness. I don't want to admit I'm a sinner. I'm a lawbreaker. I'm a rebel. That's the darkness. That probably helps us understand why Jesus revealed this next story in the Gospel of Luke. We'll preach the sermon on these guys a few, about a month ago, great sermon. I want to read it to you in this context today. Luke 18, verse 9. Jesus, then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness. Listen, he's telling the story to people who are in the darkness because they don't think they've got anything to confess. They don't have any sin. And they scorn everybody else in their self-righteousness. So here we go, verse 10. Two men, story of Jesus. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee. The other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I am not a sinner like everyone else. No, you are a liar. You are a liar that's in the darkness. You are a sinner. All have sinned and broken God's laws. All. For I don't cheat, I don't sin, I don't commit adultery, I'm certainly not like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, I give you a tenth of my income, but the tax collector, look at the contrast, the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven and he prayed instead. He beat his chest in sorrow saying, oh God be merciful to me for I am a sinner. You know what he's doing in that moment? He's turning from the darkness, he is facing the light. He's acknowledging the reality of truth. I'm a sinner. Verse 14, Jesus says, I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, return home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. 
Confess your sin to God. Admit the truth to God and to yourself. Live in the truth, not the lie. Face the light. Face the light. This confession doesn't give us freedom to continue in that sin. Now, here comes the next twist. Some people have the idea that, wow, this is pretty cool. If I confess my sin, he's faithful and just to forgive and cleanse me. So, if I sin, sin, I can confess, confess, and we're still good. So then I go out next week and I'll sin, 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 sin. And then I'll go confess, 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 confess. Always keep up with how many confesses you got for the sins so that you always one-up God, right? Always get one more than what I did, right? Is that how it works? This confession doesn't give us freedom to continue to sin. This confession counts on something. Listen. It counts on Him releasing in me a light that will overpower my darkness. That's what I'm counting on. He is faithful and just to cleanse us and forgive us. The grace and mercy of God has offered us two things today, church. What does the church do with sin? The grace and mercy of God has offered us confession and repentance. Confession and repentance are given to us as ways to walk back into the light, to restore fellowship, broken fellowship with God. Confession and repentance require that we face God, we face the truth, we come out of the darkness and turn into the light. But I like the darkness. No, no, no. You've got to come out of the darkness and face the light. And when you're in confession and repentance to God, you can't stay in the darkness. And I want to say something very carefully to the church, to everyone listen. Do not test God on this. Today, do not test God on this issue. The Apostle Paul dealt with this issue of testing God by the idea that somehow or another that confession and repentance allows me to continue living in the dark. That somehow or another it's a license for more dark living. In Romans 6, he deals with it. Well, then should we keep on sinning? So that God can show us more and more of His wonderful grace? Of course not. Some, some translations say, God forbid. Since we have died to sin, how can we live, continue to live in sin? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined Him in His death? For we died. When I was born again, I died. That person that longs for the darkness, longs to live in sin, that person's dead. We died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. I don't, I don't want to get in the darkness when I can have fellowship with the light. My old life of darkness is dead and buried with Christ. New lives living in the dark. Okay, there you go. That's the first chapter of 1 John. And if the Lord is willing, there'll be 10 more sessions on 1 John unless He comes. And if He comes, they're all canceled. 
the word of life, the message of light. I told you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Jesus is the power, the force that separates the light from the darkness. Those who come to faith in Jesus walk in the light. The light is called truth. And those who refuse to come to faith in Jesus will remain in the darkness. Are you listening? Forever. I love how the same apostle John opens his gospel. He opens his gospel and guess what? He's showing off light. What's he declaring? Light. John 1 verse 4. The word gave life to everything that was created. Here's Genesis 1. The Word gave life to everything that was created. That's a capital W. That's a person. That's Jesus. And His life, Jesus, brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish this light. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of John's testimony, John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell people about the light, the one who is the true light. Are you ready? This is my favorite part. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, he's coming. John the Baptist was born of a supernatural birth to stand in front of the world and say, the light is coming. He's coming. Why do I make such a big deal out of this light today? That true light, the one who gives light to everyone that John was talking about. Are you ready? He's coming again. I am not John the Baptist. I am telling you he's coming again. Why does that make me share this message of light with urgency and passion today? Do you want my urgent answer? I'll be honest, I am afraid of the dark. I am not embarrassed to look you in the eye today and say, I fear the darkness, which is the absence of God's presence. I don't just fear the dark for me. I fear the dark for you. There are more than likely people in this room right now or watching online right now that if something doesn't change in your life, you will experience the darkness forever. I'm afraid of that. There's something about that that just I, I, can't, I can't put my mind around. I think I shared with you back in 2021. It's about middle ways through the year. I went to bed one night. It was a normal night. I shared it with the church last year sometime. I went to bed that night normal, and I had this dream. I've never had a dream like that in my lifetime. And in that dream, which was so overwhelming to me that I woke up sick. It was, I was sick. I thought physically it had made my body sick. In that dream, I watched people fall into hell. I knew them. I can't tell you who they are now, who their faces were, but in the dream, I recognized them. They were people that I knew, people that I had relationships with, and they were falling 
into hell. And as they were falling away, I saw the look on their face as they went into the darkness and disappeared into the darkness. And there were multiple people falling into hell. When I woke up, my chest was hurting. I was, I was in a state of horror. So horrible was that night. The next night, I didn't want to go sleep. I, and I've never had this kind of stuff in my life. I didn't want to go to sleep the next night because I was horrified that the idea that that would happen again, that I would see that one more time. So I began to pray, Lord, please never let me, never let me see that again. Whatever it needed to do in me, let it be done because I don't, I can't deal with that anymore. I proclaim to you today, God is light and in him there is no darkness. And he sent his only begotten son. And on the cross, when he hung there and he cried out, it is finished, the veil of the temple was torn. And the way for you to enter the the light of God's presence was made for you. And if you don't pass through that veil by putting your faith in this man, Jesus Christ, there is a horror in front of you. Your mind cannot comprehend it. And if you love your family, if you love your children, if you love your grandchildren, you will tell them, this is not a joke. This is real. This is the message of light. I fear the dark for me. I fear the dark for you. And God has called me specifically to warn people about the approaching darkness. I am compelled by the Holy Spirit. Everything the Holy Spirit is doing in my life is telling, warn people, warn people about the approaching darkness. God sent His only Son into the world to separate the light from the darkness. Do you understand? That is the essence of the mystery. Jesus has done and is doing now just that. Jesus is separating the light from the darkness by his very presence. Those who belong to Jesus through faith will enter his eternal light forever. They will never know darkness. They will never know the absence of God's presence. But those who reject the light of the world, they will forever experience the darkness of hell, the absence of God's presence You've heard people say uh, always that God is omnipresent, which means he's in all places at all times. But there is a place that he has said his presence will never be. There is a place of outer darkness that he has designed for Satan and his demons. And he says he will never go there. He will never be there. And he didn't design it for people. He designed it for Satan and his demons. But if you follow Satan, you follow the darkness. And you will go to the place of God's absence. And you'll never get out. Never. In Hebrews 10, 26. Dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning after we have received the knowledge of truth. If we deliberately keep sinning. That means you don't confess, you don't repent, you just want to play with the darkness. 
If we deliberately continue sinning after we've received the knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. There's only the terrible expectation of God's judgment and the raging fire that will consume his enemies. For anyone who refused to obey the law of Moses was put to death without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Just think how much worse, how much worse the punishment will be for those who have trampled on the Son of God, the word of truth, and have treated the blood of the covenant which made us holy as if it were common and unholy, or have insulted and disdained the Holy Spirit that brings God's mercy to us. For we know that one who said, God said, I will take revenge. I will pay them back. He also said the Lord will judge his own people. It is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. What a contrast. This message of life. What, what a contrast. Light and darkness how far apart they are. Hell will be a place without light. Jesus gave this judgment to a man who refused to believe and obey, refusing to come into the light. Matthew 25, 30, Jesus says, now throw this useless servant into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There's not some unconsciousness there. There's not a fade to black unknowledgeable life there, there's weeping, gnashing teeth, darkness. But I want you to notice something. I'm not going to leave you there. I want you to notice the contrast. I want you to notice what He offers you today through the blood of Christ. In Revelation chapter 21, this is after the 1,000-year reign of Jesus on this earth. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there's no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, descending as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I want you to see what that city, that new heaven, new earth world's going to be. Revelation 21, 22, I saw no temple in the city. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are, are its temple. And the city had no need for sun or moon. Genesis 1, mystery revealed. Do you see it? The city has no need for a sun. It has no need for a moon. For the glory of God illuminates the city. And the Lamb is its light. The nations will walk in its light, and the kings of the world will enter the city in all their glory. Its gates will never be closed at the end of the day because there's no night there. What a contrast. Outer darkness or a city without darkness forever. The mystery of Genesis 1 is revealed. There is a place in the future where there will be no need for a sun or a moon, but there will be light everywhere. And there are people here today that need to submit to this message of light. In the first service, after the service was over, somebody came up to me today and said, you need to go talk to this guy. He's over there, and, and again, I'm trying to retain his privacy, but he said, you need to go talk to this guy. He was sitting next to me. He's shaking all over. He wants to talk to somebody. The message 
penetrates. The word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. It penetrates even to the soul of man, revealing the truth. That young man accepted Christ this morning and will be baptized. That young man, confronted by the word of life and the message of life, gave his life to Christ this morning. There are people sitting in this room right now. You need to submit your life to the message of light. And I ask you a question. Are you afraid of the dark? Because I am. I'm afraid of the absence of the I am. Are you? There are people here today that need to submit your life to this word of truth and come out of the darkness. There are people today with sin in your life that you need to come to the altar and you need to confess that sin today and ask him to to forgive you of that sin and to repent of that sin and to ask for the power of the light to overcome the darkness of the sin in your life. Turn and face the light. If you tell the truth, you won't be in trouble. And why now? Why the urgency? I can tell you, when I read this, what the Holy Spirit does in me, in John chapter 9, I read it again. These are the words of Jesus, the Savior and King. We must quickly carry out the task assigned by the one who sent us. Do you see the urgency? Why? Because the night is coming. And when the night comes, that's the darkness, no one will be able to work when the darkness comes. But while I'm here in the world, I'm the light of the world. Do you, do you see it? The night is coming soon. He said, but while I am here, I am the light of the world. I'm going to tell you what the next thing on God's prophetic calendar is the light of the world. While I am here, I am the light of the world. Well, he is here now in the person of the Holy Spirit inside of the church. But he has told us in advance that there's a day on his calendar when the Holy Spirit, light-filled Holy Spirit church will be taken from the earth. And in that time, darkness will come, and it will come quickly, and in that day you will not be able to work. You will not be able to work when darkness comes. Today, the light that separates mankind from the darkness is calling to all the earth. Yes, I believe the rapture of the church is near. I don't know a day, I don't know an hour, but I'm telling you this. He is the light of the world right now in me, in you. And if the light of the world is taken from the earth, it will become very dark very fast. And he says, then no one can work. Not in that darkness. The word of life, the message of light. Do you believe it? If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from unrighteousness. Do you believe him? If you tell the truth, you won't be in trouble. Do you believe him? Or you can remain in the darkness until the darkness becomes permanent. Who on earth would turn down this wonderful offer of eternal light and eternal life? You know the answer, don't you? You don't believe it. That's why Christians are called believers. 
the word of light and the message of light. I'll ask Chad to come out for the invitation. Let's finish where we started. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and void, and there was darkness over the surface of the deep. And God said, let there be light. And there was light, and it was good. It was good. There wasn't a sun, there wasn't a moon. Three days later before that happened, it's good. It's good. That light that separates the darkness is good. Anything good that's ever happened or will ever happen in your life will come from that light. He's good. Who would not choose this good, this light, over the evil and the darkness alternative? Today we're going to sing a song, and that's a song that offers an invitation to you. If the Holy Spirit has spoken to you today, there is one answer. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. That's the answer. Turn and face the light. If there is sin in your life today, unconfessed, unrepentant sin in your life today, and the Holy Spirit right now, He will reveal that to you. Then you need to come and you need, don't confess it to me, confess it to Him. Confess it to Him. Turn and face the light. The invitation's open. Let's stand.